0: It's time now for this week's Letter to Hong Kong with uh, legislator Yip-Kin Yun, who represents the Education Functional Constituency. The following program is a personal view program. Dear Ben, on March the 30th, The Education Bureau announces acceptance of the report entitled Governance in UGC-Funded Higher Education Institutions in Hong Kong, published by the University Grants Committee, UGC. This is further to UGC's earlier report entitled Aspirations for the Higher Education System in Hong Kong, published in 2002. The new report, however, lacks practical suggestions on how to improve the governance structure of universities. Besides, as this report was drafted in the early part of last year, it fails to respond to the lively discussions which took place in the later part of last year about reforming the structure of the councils and changing the role of the Chancellor. Hence, the new report appears somewhat outdated upon publication, which is unfortunate. Despite these shortcomings, the governance report does outline some of the problems in the existing system. One problem outlined relates to the appointment system. The governance report reads, traditionally in Hong Kong, the appointments to the University Council has often been regarded as a civic honor, which means that appointments are made without a systematic consideration of the needs of the university to fill the requisite range of skills and expertise which they feel the council needs to discharge as responsibilities. There are, therefore, important potential consequences for governance if the university is unable to draw upon the range of skills it needs. It's clear that Sir Howard Newby, who was commissioned to conduct the study and prepare the report, also agrees that the system of allowing the chief executive to appoint members of the council is unsatisfactory or can even have negative impacts on the governance of institutions. The very practice of the chief executive appointing members to the council has all along drawn criticism. This is because such a system provides the government with an excuse to intervene in the governance of the institutional and offers no protection for academic freedom and institutional autonomy. Moreover, this practice threatens the credibility of the Council and makes university governance difficult. As was obvious From the saga of the appointment of a Provost Chancellor of the University of Hong Kong, a council member appointed by the chief executive had already lost the trust of staff, students and alumni of the university. Yet, the chief executive, CY Leung, insisted on appointing Arthur Lee as Hong Kong Youth Council Chairman on December 31st last year. This aroused strong dissatisfaction throughout this university. Before the appointment was announced, a vote had already been taken indicating that 90% of Hong Kong Youth staff, students and alumni objected to Arthur Lee being appointed council chairman. But the chief executive simply ignored the voice of staff, students and alumni and pressed ahead with Arthur Lee's appointment. This incident shows that a council member appointed by the chief executive can be one without any acceptability, and can be one who is extremely unpopular among the stakeholders of a university. In a case like this, how can it be possible for the university to have good governance? In January this year, the Hong Kong Professional Teachers Union submitted its views to the Panel of Education of the Legislative Council. The submission gave a clear analysis of the problems inherent in the arrangement whereby the Chief Executive makes appointments to the Council. To rebuild the credibility of the Council and to regain the trust of staff and students in the Council, we should a. introduce legislative amendments, b. abolish or reduce the number of Council members appointed by the Chief Executive or by the Chancellor, c. Allow the Council to make its own invitation to people from the community according to the University's actual needs, and d. Increase the number of elected Council members. Currently, the Chief Executive automatically becomes the Chancellor of ten statutory institutions. In the ordinances governing seven of the institutions, it is even stated that the Chancellor is the head or the chief officers of the university. We believe that the arrangement of having the head of the government as the head or the chief officer of a university is unreasonable. There should be an appropriate distance between a university and the government. Only then can academic freedom and institutional autonomy enjoy the protection they well deserve. Therefore, we believe that the Chief Executive should not be the Chancellor of a university. Even if the Chief Executive has to remain the Chancellor, his or her role must simply be ceremonial, and he or she must not be vested with any power to influence the governance of the university. This point though not mentioned in UGC's governance report, is of great importance. The issue of governance covered by the governance report is essentially confined to the council. We should, however, not lose sight of the fact that the council is simply part and parcel of university governance. Take Hong Yu as an example. Apart from the court and the convocation, both of which play an advisory role only, The governance of a university comprises a. the council, b. the senate, and c. the senior management team led by the presidents. It should be noted that there exists a complementary relationship between the council, essentially composed of people from outside the university, on the one hand, and the senate, essentially made up of professors of the university and the senior management team, consisting of senior management staff of the university, on the other hand. As the governance report fails to make clear this complementary relationship, it gives a somewhat distorted picture of the outsider's led council being the commanding body. This is a defect for which a supplementary explanation is needed. Let me stop here before my letter gets too long. I hope you have now got a better idea about the importance of academic freedom and institutional autonomy and how to safeguard them in our universities. Best regard. Kenyan.